Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email piercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, Metalheads, after going to a Rager, what's your ultimate go-to? Mine is totally pizza. So when Overload is playing or I'm promoting the Metal Forge Live showcases or the big goddamn metal show, I go to Pizza Donisi. Pizza Donisi is gourmet artisan pizza from right here in Louisville, Kentucky. It features things like the pizza of the month, the sandwiches, and also vegetarian and vegan options, which is so totally fucking cool for all, all of it's It's awesome pizza. You definitely want to go. Hey, and also, from time to time, they do cannolis. Oh, so fucking good. You know what they said, man. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, just like that in Godfather. They're located right next to the Mag Bar at 1396 South 2nd Street. So either stop in or call in at 502-213-0488. They're open till midnight. The witching hour. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Hey, metalheads, you all hear me talk about Magbar all the time. It is the home to the Metal Forge Live showcases and is an integral stop in the ultimate underground metal tour schedule. They obviously feature live music, but the Magbar also has daily specials like Pint and Slice Night on Tuesdays with Pizza Donisi. But they also do Bring Your Own Vinyl on Thursdays with DJ Kent Jackson. And Finer Things Sundays. Located right next to Pizza Donisi at 1398 South 2nd Street. Open 3 p.m. to 4 a.m. seven days a week. Get your asses out to the Mag Bar. Rock out. For 45 years in keeping Louisville weird, Electric Ladyland has been there for all your eccentricities. While they do offer the best smoking supplies out on the market today, there's a whole lot more to check out. From ashtrays and blacklight posters, to records, incense and burners, and items to stock your metaphysical supply. They're open from 10 to 10, 7 days a week. Located at 2325 Bardstown Road in Louisville, Kentucky, and at electricladyland420.com. Roll out. 
Thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am your host. Holy hell. We are already halfway through February. I cannot believe it. It has been super fucking crazy. And, like, wow, man. So today, Jason Gardner is here with us from the heavy metal wasteland and everywhere else. Uh, Hello. Dude, how are you doing, man? Man, pretty good. Uh, recording this after a long day at work, so I'm a little tired, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll push on through. Dude, you live in the United States. If you're not fucking tired, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. I mean, usually I'm okay, because sometimes I really don't have hard days, um, which are my favorite days. Well, yeah. But today, because, but today, because... was, um, today was difficult, because it was uh, on a house on a hill. Let's just say I had to make several trips up and down the driveway. And it was, this was um, this was this was no average hill. This is a this is a steep son of a bitch, dude. <laughs> so. That was the thing I hated the worst about fucking uh, pest control was fucking walking around people's houses on fucking hills, and there is like literally no fucking like contractor worth a shit on some of these fucking houses, like on the hills because like certain shit, yeah, it might be structurally sound, but, like, they can totally backfill a little bit and fucking, like, do a thing, but no, fuck no, they don't do shit. The worst thing, I think, is fucking, uh, doing the, uh, what is it, fucking, uh, under decks and shit like that, like, when we're having a spray for fucking bugs and shit. Oh, God, it's the worst. Yeah, inclines suck, um, so yeah, anyway, that day is, uh, the hard part is done, so I can relax tomorrow. Fuck yeah, man. So uh, today we have Annihilator, not that one, but the fucking one from Texas. Yeah, just in uh, Corpus Christi, and they've had some really fucking interesting things. You know, back uh, in the first year of the podcast, you know, it's really no secret that we've had some fucking crazy shit uh, where somebody was trying to use the name and basically told me to get fucked. Do you remember all that? Yep. And so all that got worked out, and they've kind of had the same thing happen to them where this band started in the 80s, 1986. Um, then they kind of changed their name. Uh, Alex has been like the pretty much only original member. And he finally got the rights to his name, as we'll talk about later in the interview. But yeah, super fucking awesome stuff. 
Uh, obviously, like I said, not that Annihilator, uh, you know, from Canada or whatever. Uh, Annihilator from Texas. A-N-I-A-L-A-T-O-R. Uh, yeah, because he... He didn't know how to spell it when he was a fucking kid and shit. And it's cool, man. Uh, we talk about that. It's it's awesome stuff. So uh, if you look them up on the Metal Archives, it says disputed under the status. But I know that they are doing some other stuff. I think he's got a new album coming out this year, too. So, so dude, what the fuck's up, man? Like, other than work, I mean, it, it seems like that's the time of year fucking um, that we just fucking... We ramped up at work, too, and it fucking sucks. And I, ugh, you know, the mouth breathers. But anyway, I want to talk about this. Uh, I know I asked you what's up, so how's the Wasteland going? Going all right. I mean, slow news trickling out, not much going on. Uh, so I can talk about one thing I've uh, been noticing here lately, uh, trends-wise, is uh, albums being released and announced pretty close together. Which is a good. Um, so I'm referencing uh, Midnight's new one. It was uh, pretty much announced, uh, I think the last day of January. It comes out first week of March, maybe second week of March. Yes. <clears throat> and then uh, Accept uh, announced they got one coming out in April. So I don't have to wait long for that either. So yeah, um, fans, please keep this trend of announce video release date close together coming because I'm a big fan of it. Uh, doesn't have time for it to album to get spoiled you don't forget about it well and yeah it's, uh, it's it's very it's, it's very nice let's just say that and that's the thing because you know during covid we all had to wait you know to wait you yeah. get physical releases and shit like that right so here's another thing not only in april are you getting a new uh uh album there mm-hmm. but blue easter cult's putting out a new album too well there you go on April 12th called uh, Ghost Stories. Yeah, I think and, that step is like mid to late April or something. So Yeah. I, I, it, it was just announced like yesterday, so it's not really stuck in my mind, but the Midnight one is pretty close. So Well, which is cool because, you know, they, which is, which is cool because they put an album out uh, in 2022 as well. Because it right. made my, uh, my top five list in 2022. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing that I'm really liking as well. Um, you know, hammer us with the album releases. You know, get a single out there. Do what you do. Fucking release it. Fucking. It seems like everything's back on track. Hopefully, yeah. With with yeah. most places with vinyl. Well, funny you say that. Because this is a perfect, perfect opportunity to push it. So, uh, I just had an Alehorn release um, last week with uh, the... Um, owner of uh, Ripple Records, Todd Severin. And we actually got into some pretty deep discussions about getting vinyl pressed because he is a label head. Um, so if you're interested in, in like that part of the business, um, you should give it a listen because he, he really doesn't hold back uh, minus uh, talk about... Um, actually, he did talk about uh, how much money it cost too. Yeah, he really didn't hold back. So if you really want to know and from like the horse's mouth about stuff... You should listen to that interview because, like, it's it's pretty uh, he's he's pretty forthcoming and doesn't uh, you know try to sugarcoat anything. Well, no, because yeah. you can't you you can't do that in this in the in the music business because you know we can see what it costs. Right, it's transparent. 
and 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 you know that oh, obviously if you get more pressed, it's going to be a little bit cheaper per unit. We all know that. So we're all dealing with the same thing. So when bands, you know, I think when bands overcharge, it's like, eh, come on, is it is it really worth that? Where it has, you know, just like a, take a regular 12-inch vinyl, insert that is color, uh, regular whoever, whatever color, black poly, uh, black paper pag with the poly in there, whatever. I mean, when when you see that, and it's got a $20 price tag, I think that's respectable. But when you see these bands have like $30 price tags or $40 price tags on those, and, and, it, and they're not on tour with a band that's having to, you know, that you have to pull up to that level of pricing, that's a little bit ridiculous. That seems to be a little bit much. Yeah, it's all covered in that interview, actually, what you just said about the... Uh he uh, released a triple disc uh, set cheaper than some bands release single albums for. So, uh, yeah. Hell so yeah, he's man. all in there and he's, he's pretty candid about it. Like, he, he doesn't name names, but he's like, yeah, there's that shit happens. You know? I can give you an example. Uh, so, the last recent triple album that I recall was um, Senjutsu, Iron Maiden. Yes. 50 bucks brand new. I bought uh, his uh, Ripple uh, tribute to CCR for on the Bayou, thirty-one bucks. Three vinyls, full color, gatefold, everything just the same except for the music, obviously. Um, but why was it? Uh, why was it nineteen dollars more? Because it's made. Well, yeah, and and on top of that too, Sinjutsu was really only f- was five sides. It wasn't even a full six sides. I never. I I bought the album for my stepson. I bought it used for twenty nine dollars. Used for twenty nine dollars. Yeah, exactly. Used. Dude, yeah, that's almost like the fucking. What was the uh, the fucking Tool album that was that way? Fear Inoculum. That was like fifty dollars. It was a fifty dollar CD. <clears throat> yeah. And that was not the fucking like the big pack. The big pack never, was like. Yeah, I, I, I remember that, but I don't. Tool's not on my radar. I know when they tour because like it's all over the place, but. Other than that, I'm good. Right. It's not for everybody. It's not for me. Well, yeah, for sure. I get that. It's not for me either. Yeah, like I was saying in that interview with Todd also, just talked about records and stuff, and I was telling him the day uh, Eddie Van Halen uh, passed away that I bought Van Halen 1 at Goodwill because I was like, it it would do better in my house than it will sitting here in in this fucking store. Now, are you a fan of theirs? Van Halen? Yeah. There's stuff. I mean, I'm not like a super fan per se, but there's stuff I really like. See, um, like I respect them for uh, yeah. for mu- the musicianship. Yeah, you know Eddie and Alex, and everything. I'm not a big fan of Dave personally. I, I it, like I'm just I don't know. I don't get it really. I just don't get like his rowdy fucking lyric like delivery you know he's screaming in the background of like hot for teacher which i get because it's like pantomiming the fucking thing but like when you like listen to like running with the devil there's like no real discernible fucking like chorus or or anything but when he just starts rolling on and and you almost i can't tell what the fuck he says 
And it's like, it almost comes off as like the Vince Neil gibberish, but on album. Yeah. And I know that's probably a dickhead thing to fucking say. I mean, like I said, I'm not crazy about everything I've done, but I do like Van Halen 1 a lot. And I already had a copy of it. So I was just telling him, like, this one, I just, when, when I found out he died, I just, like, took it inside. I grabbed, like, a really thick poly bag off another album. I put it in there. I put a piece of tape on it, and that's it. It's done. Like, oh, so you found it on vinyl. Yeah, I, I, I have a copy on vinyl, and I bought that one on vinyl along with Kiss Destroyer. That oh, was nice. also in the dollar bin. Um, I mean, were they dollar albums? Were they, were they yeah, shit? They were, they were, every album they have in Goodwill is a dollar. Well, it was at that time. They're probably like $1.50 now. But. Right. But no, what I'm saying is, were they shit, though? Oh, they were ragged as fuck. Okay. Yeah, the, the you know, the, the corners and everything were like, you know, uh, healing and stuff like that. You know, the record looked like it had been very worn. But, you know, I was like, still... These will, these will be better off at my house. Well, yeah, that, yeah, than just sitting there. But no, I, enough, I don't have. I didn't have a copy of Kiss the Shore before I bought that one. So, so have you actually listened to it? No, ah, I don't you, need to because I've heard that album so many times. No, I know, but it's still listening to it on vinyl is still better than listening to it on digital or CD. Yeah, true. I mean, I have so much to get through. You know, that's funny that you mentioned that because I totally passed on a like 40th anniversary uh, Destroyer re-release deluxe edition Nice. Uh, that was in the same store where I got the ACDC from. Yeah. And uh, stay tuned for the, uh, the Metal Forge Unsleeved at the end of the month. You'll get to see this actual album along with a lot more. But um, yeah, so I passed on that. I might go back and get it because I think it was like $6. And it's worth it. And it's still 60% off. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I've oh, had dude, that dude, album before. Is it a Christian store? It is. At a Christian store? Dude, that's almost 666. $6 is 60% off. All you need is one more six somewhere. I should have went back yesterday and bought it, it on good. the 6th. So, hell yeah, man. We're going to go ahead and get into this. We're going to play some fucking Annihilator right now. This is... Not that Annihilator. (laughs) Not that Annihilator, but the one from Texas. This is Feel the Pain. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. 
Like, I've been doing so many awesome fucking interviews lately, and here we are with another one, because right now we have Alex Dominguez from Annihilator, fucking Texas fucking thrash metal uh, from the 80s, uh, fucking awesome stuff, man. Dude, what is up? Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on your show, Mark. Uh, not much, man, just... Rocking and rolling, thrashing and crushing skulls, you know, just uh, business as usual around here. Dude, absolutely. So, for the people that don't know who you guys are, because let's face it, fucking thrash has a very, you know, very underground influence in a lot of places still to this day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with with coming out and, and in doing, you know, uh, doing annihilator and then sufferance and then now coming back out with annihilator kind of give everybody the rundown of what's up. Well, uh, annihilator was formed, um, by me in 1986. The deal was I was in a band from Texas called devastation. And, um, I did about a year and maybe a year and a half with them. I ended up, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I ended up getting kicked out of the band because I had never been in a band before. So I, I didn't take uh, being in a band serious. You know, I sometimes would show up to practice. Sometimes I wouldn't. I'd skip it to go, you know, drink with the buddies or, you know, go, you know, get it, go do other nonsense. And then, you know, so I, I, w- I had never been in a band before and well, Long story short, you know, you know where that devastate, you know, Texas devastation took off, you know, and they did their stuff. So I ended up uh, after I I got uh, removed from devastation, I kind of came to my senses and decided, you know, shit, you know, I, I really want to be in a band. So I ended up forming Annihilator in 1986. And I know there's a lot of your listeners out there saying, what? Annihilator? Don't, doesn't this guy know there's another Annihilator out there from Canada? that's been around basically around the same time as we started. Uh, and yes, I do know, but of course this is 1986. And of course, yeah, there there's no, no internet. There's no internet. There's no way of checking when you came up with a band name, if someone around the world had the same band name. So luckily I, uh, I was a bad speller. Like I always say, I always say in my, my stories, I, luckily I was a bad speller and I spelled annihilator different. Right. And uh, and uh, so that, I guess, you know, coming back to where we are nowadays and everybody, well, you now, you know, there's another annihilator, of course. And, my, you know, my hat's off to the other annihilator from Canada, you know, 
Jeff Waters is awesome, and he's a shredder. That that band, you know, has done done. I mean, plenty more than we'll ever do, you know. And uh, I give them props for that. And uh, you know, is we're just more like a cult band, you know, kind of cruising the underground, and and that's where we are, just the under, an underground band. So from 1986 to 1990, it was uh, Annihilator, which we got signed to a company out of uh, California called Wild Rag Records in 19, I want to say 1987, we got signed to Wild Rag Records out of California. That company also had bands at the time, uh, went on to sign other bands at the time, like Internal Bleeding and... Uh, uh, they had nuclear death on there. They had, uh, just, had a I mean, th- there was just a, a shitload of bands that some of them are still around to this day that you know, are, are, are kind of big in the underground. But we got signed to Dan, put out two EPs and a picture disc in that short amount of time we were together. I mean, well, the band was uh, named Annihilator. So uh, from 19, like I said, 1986 to 1990 was Annihilator. I decided to kind of put Annihilator on hiatus because towards the end, of like in 1990, this is when we started finding out. Of course, the other the other band Annihilator had popped up, and uh, you know they were on Road Racer Records, which is a huge company. They were right. getting videos, these huge tours. So I wanted to go beyond uh, where we were at. I mean, we were just on a small indie label, and I figured that with the name. Uh, even though it's spelled different, pronounced the same, even with the, with the name that we didn't have a chance to kind of try to move up the ladder and, and get signed to a bigger label and do the same thing like every band wants to do, tour, put out, you know, put out uh, releases and tour the world. And so I ended up uh, putting Annihilator on hiatus and uh, coming up with a band called Sufferance. I decided to name the band Sufferance and talk to the guy from Wild Rags, and the, the label we were on, he was kind of into it, said, okay, let's try that. And he put out a two-song demo that we released under Sufferance that had a song called Master of the Skies and uh, Descent to Madness. And it was just a two-song cassette. We He gave it away free with it. He had a, a, a sort of a magazine-type deal that he would send out to his uh, all his people that all these people that would write to him because sure. he was a he was a record label slash record store so he he also dealt with a lot of people like I mean from Japan Switzerland uh, just all over the world I mean the Peru, real tape we, trade you know man. I would I would when we were signed to Wild Rags and and this mind you me this was before computers were around internet this guy would just smell mail shit everywhere man I would just I would be floored when I'd come home and, you know, my mom was, you know, hey, you got mail. Somebody in Switzerland wrote to you or somebody in Peru or Colombia or Mexico. Or, and, I mean, this guy did his shit. You know, this guy did his shit to get it out. So uh, let me interrupt for just a second. Okay. Even today, even today in digital fucking world, I am still fucking 
taken aback when I get an email from somebody from like fucking Brazil or f- <laughs> so it doesn't have to just even relate to just like snail mail. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but I had to get that in. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I mean, you know, that, there was, there was no email back then, you know? I, no, I know. I'm, so it's to me because of, of growing up with that era too, you know, of, of snail mail and shit. I still look at, you know, even though the world is a little bit smaller now with the internet and, and everything, mm-hmm. I still like saying like when I get a cool, uh, uh, email from somebody from Brazil saying, Hey, I listened to this show or I found your band. It's so fucking rad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. You know, it's, it's cool to, to go in and open your email. And there's, like you say, there's people that can now reach out and it doesn't take like two weeks for your letter that, you wrote to get to someone and then it takes another two more weeks for it to get back to you or depending on how fast they they wrote back to you you know that was all the, you know for younger people that listen to your show snail mail is you know the u.s postal service oh yeah that, for sure you, know, you yeah, bought a stamp that. you bought an envelope and you either typed your letter that you were writing to somebody or you hand you you hand wrote it Stuck it in an envelope, sealed it, put a stamp on, and sent it off. And you know? and if it was if it was really bad, you had to put more than one stamp on. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's like the phones, cell phones. Right now, I mean, these calls are free. Back then, I had to use a landline, which you know, I don't know if anybody, any of your younger listeners, know what a landline is. Oh shit, probably not. I, I don't know if I. I would have. You to, know, I don't yeah, know if I have a, many younger listeners. I think the I think the crest of my age group usually hits around. I get some of the fucking like uh, seventeen to like twenty two or whatever, but most of them are like twenty five to like fifty five. Yeah, well, it was a, a phone you that stuck on the wall at your house or on the on a desk, and you call. Well, I mean, at the time I was annihilator. I, I mean, I lived at home. I was young, so I would make long distance calls to try to set up shows or to try to uh, talk to other bands that I had corresponded with or met through the mail, like pen pal type stuff. Okay, though, boy, man, my mom would be pissed. <laughs> You're also from Texas, so it's in, not like, that hard to bucks. get long distance. Because oh, it's, yeah. because you're also talking about this as well with being in Texas that in that day how much more fucking spread out the metal scene was yeah you could you didn't know of the Canadian Annihilator because fucking yeah if you were probably in L.A. or San Francisco or New York or Chicago places like that yeah you probably did but fucking Texas. You, no, I mean because let's face it, it's fucking almost a thousand miles across the fucking state one way. Yeah, me and my friends, uh, we talk about that. I mean, you know, we we get together, and, and I'm still like friends I met at concerts that you know we're spending the night to to get front row for Sammy Hager, or, you know, spending the night to see fucking Judas Priest or something, you know, because it's general mission and skipping school, and I, you know, I still have friends I met forty years ago that. I still see today. We still, I still visit. I still hang out with them, you know, in different, different, you know, of course in different parts of Texas, but, and we always, we always bring this subject up, you know, it's always been like, you know, there's New York and then there's, there's uh California for some reason, Texas was, I mean, I, I would always there say not late to the party, stuff. but it was, uh, how can I say it? I mean, we would, at least here in Corpus, well, when I used to live in Corpus Christi, 
it was always finding stuff out like the new Metallica Kill 'Em All had already been out a year before it even reached our record store. Right. You know, at the time when it came out and finding that thinking, oh shit, badass, you know, and and uh, this band Metallica, you know, I, I read about them in a Metal Force magazine that was outdated that was sitting there, you know, on the on the record, you know, giveaway counter for the, you know, the where you put your flyers and stuff because nobody bought the Metal Force and and it was Corpus Christi was always kind of like last to find out what was going on uh, music wise, you know, uh, when Thrash had just formed and Thrash was just coming out. So Texas, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I figure a lot of people will, you know, there's different, I guess there's different, uh, how can I say it? Different um, views. People tell me like, well, because you're getting people that come in from overseas that, you know, like in through New York is a, a hub of where they get people that come from Europe. Uh, you know, they, they land in New York and, you know, they, you know, they bring their music with them, the new wave of British heavy metal, all that stuff. And then California is another, another part of a coast where people come in that are, are from, you know, Europe too. So they would probably bring more music in than coming into Texas, which is the state that's just like stuck in the middle, lower middle of the United States. And uh, I, I think, you know, while there was the Anthrax in, the, in New York and the Metallicas and the Slayers in California, I mean, we, we were late to catch on to, uh, you know, that, that type of music. Now, regardless, we, Texas has always had heavy metal bands. Sure. You know, rock bands and all that, you know, but I think to, to get noticed from the, you know, for thrash music, I, I think it kind of sunk into into Texas kind of late. I don't want to say too late. I mean, I'm pretty sure there some somebody, one of your listeners in Texas might be like, oh, no, man, I, I discovered Kill 'em All, you know, trading demos and this and that. Well, you know, yeah, that could but be you're true, also going to you know, take into as for consideration somebody creating from. a band like Slayer, Metallica, or, or Anthrax and, you know, Overkill or whatever like that, that those things came in. I mean, if you really want to look at the biggest Texas thrash band there is, and I'm not counting, I know everybody's, oh, Pantera, Pantera, Pantera. No, I'm not counting, you, you know, to me, the biggest one that made an impact and, well, they were on a major label, whether they made it huge splash or, or they created a big following or not, was Rigor Mortis out of Dallas. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah they, they were signed to Capitol Records before, you know, anything, you know, they were they were carrying the flag for Texas, you know. There was sure. in San Antonio there, they had, you know, there, there were other bands in San Antonio. Like there was a band, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, but there was a band called San Antonio Slayer. It, they were called S.A. Slayer. Yes. They also were at the same time that Slayer formed uh, in California. And they had this legendary show where it was Slayer versus Slayer in Texas. Yep. And, uh, you know, it would, it, it was just, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, I don't know why Texas doesn't get more recognition for their thrash bands, but you know, who you knows, know, man. there's actually a very good documentary out there about that. And it's called get thrashed and it's yes. been out for fucking almost 20 years now, but it is still such a good watch. And I will fly mm -hmm. that flag and it was done by rat skates, you know, of overkill and, uh, and the supplemental material alone on the DVD version, I, I, I hope there's going to be a, a, I wish there would be a Blu-ray release with more shit 
because I want as much of that as I can get. Uh, but it's so cool because they actually dissect more areas of thrash and get down to the, like the very, very like, like the smallest of fucking like area. Yeah. I've seen that. It's, it's, it's kind of strange that at the end of that DVD, there's like a little menu where you can go like, a, I think it has the, the United States map. And if you click on a certain part of it, it, it tells you, it explains to you, like, I guess the bands that were around and you, I think if I'm not mistaken, you hit like Texas and there's a guy there. I can't remember who it is, but he's, he has an Annihilator album on his shelf or something. It's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah. he talks about the Texas movement. So that was pretty cool. Absolutely. And I totally dig that stuff. So fast forwarding up to now where it's 2023 and now it, it, the, the music, the metal scene is so fucking cool because a lot of bands that, you know, maybe have only had like a couple of things like Annihilator had three years of, uh, of actual material put out, but now somebody has found that and said, Hey, I wanted to re-release it. And now it's doing that and you're back. And here we are. It's 2024. I think I said 2023 a minute ago. Uh, I'm getting used to it too. Uh, it's 2024 and you're back. And what is up? What do you want to do now? Well, it, uh, we reformed in 2015 with the intention of just, uh, I mean, everything it's weird. Every, the, the reason, uh, you know, I reformed the, the band together is because there was a lot of, uh, interest, a lot of, uh, I, I was late to jump on Facebook, man. I, I didn't care. I could care less about a Facebook or whatever the social media, I mean, my space back then, all that. And I just, was late to jump on 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 Facebook. I had a uh, MySpace because uh, one of the bands that I uh, another band that I was in uh, we did uh, we did a MySpace. But as for Facebook, I was kind of late to jump on it, and sure. pe- people were telling me, you know, like man, there's a there's an interest in annihilators. I, I see people posting this, posting that, posting this, and I'm like, what? And I'm like, you know, yeah, dude. I mean, you ought to look into this and that. So. I created a page and once put it out there, I started getting just tons and tons of messages from all over, you know, and I'm like, I just go, you know, kids, you know, most of them were from like kids that were half my age, like, oh man, you know, my dad turned me on to Annihilator, you know, and funny story real quick is uh, there's a band called Hellwitch and uh, the drummer, uh, his name is Brian Wilson, he also was drumming for like Ingve Malmsteen at you know recently and uh yes uh, he, he drums for Night Demon Night, now. I'm sorry. He's drumming for Night Demon now. Yeah, Night Demon. He's in Night Demon now. Well, Brian, well, we ended up doing a show. I forgot. It was like 2017 or something like that. We ended up doing a show with Brian because Brian plays drums for Hellwitch. So, we ended up doing a show. We're kind of communicating on I, I believe on Facebook at the time. We he shows up. We show up. It's in San Antonio. I'm walking around. I see him. I run up to him. Hey, Brian, what's up? What's up? He's like, pulls out a Annihilator album. You know, the picture disc. He's all like, my dad wants you to sign this for him. <laughs> I was like, dude. all right, dude. It's not a problem. You know, it's like, 
So it, this, you know, what I'm trying to get at is that with the power of the internet, eBay, and all that, kids and, and you know, kids were running across people who had posted our you know four song EP or three song EP or our demo or what say whatever it was that people were. It was a new kind of crowd that found us. So 2015, we ended up. Uh, yeah, we ended up putting the the band back together and getting different members for that, and you know, doing shows, doing shows. Got a email from a, I got a message from a friend that knew someone that out of Greece that was like a a, a fan that you know wanted to know if I would want to talk to them. I ended up talking to this guy in Greece. Uh, his name is John. He ran uh, Face Melt Records. It's not around anymore, but he wanted to put her demos on double vinyl and I was like well it's just four songs you know yeah you know he ended up putting up putting three different versions and some unreleased material on a double vinyl uh, that I've, I actually found a, a three different versions of the demo and, and this friend of mine had a cassette of it I don't know how he got it but it was three different versions of it that we did in the recording studio like what we did it and it's like nah not that take and we did it again not that take because recording is a whole different story back then in 80, you know, 86 or 80, yeah, 86. So I ended up, uh, I ended up sending him, he put out a, you know, double vinyl out of Greece. It was all three different versions of our demo and some unreleased material. Well, he introduced me to, uh, he goes, I know another guy that's a, you know, really, you know, crazy about Annihilator. And I said, oh, yeah, he goes, he has a record label. You want you might want to talk to him because uh, I mean I'm pretty sure he might want to release all the old stuff on CD which he had never been so he introduced me to Dave Rotten uh, who runs uh, Extreme Music who also plays in a, a Volst and uh, and uh, oh, I forgot his other band right now my mind went blank um, I can't remember but he I, I ended up talking to him he was interested in putting out our back catalog with some unreleased stuff too I think uh, on CD. And so we let his company do So that's around 2018. Uh, so I happened to still talk to him after he released. And I said, hey, would you be interested in releasing some new music from Annihilator instead of all this old stuff? You know, he's all like, well, you all have new music, which at a time I didn't have new music. We didn't have, you know, any kind of new music. But I just kind of threw a feeler out there. And he's all, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll do it. I'll put out the new stuff. If you have some new stuff, I'll put it out. Well, fuck you know, yeah, so, man. And yeah, that's so, yeah, awesome. Quick, yeah, so quickly, uh, the guys that uh, were working with me, just we went in and, and they wrote some stuff. And, and uh, you know, we all collaborated on certain things, you know, and uh, they ended up, you know, we ended up sending it to him and he put it out. And that's the 2018 was the last recording, um, the last recorded, er, I mean, well, the, the last recording Annihilator did at the time was, was 2018 and that one is called uh uh rise to supremacy it's five songs and on that though the people i had on on that uh certain release was uh angel gonzalez on vocals it was me on bass it was uh armando valadez on guitar roland torres on guitar and oj landa on drums each and i later release has had different people on it you know for some odd reason or another so that was that that's what got released in 2018 and that was the last version or the last uh release we did up to now which is we're in the process of getting ready to release a full length 
because we have never released a full length before. It's always been five songs or four songs. So we're actually going to be releasing a full length album through Extreme Music again. Uh, hopefully this year, everything's all the music is recorded. We're just right now finishing up the vocal parts. And uh, we should have everything wrapped up here soon to send to to the company. And then, you know, they can do their magic with it. Hell yeah, dude. And now, so is this also a different lineup than the 2018? Yes. Yeah. It's also a, a, a different lineup than the, the 2018. The 2018, nobody from 2018 uh, recording is, is on this new one except for me. Oh, awesome. So see, dude, that's kind of a cool thing. It's, uh, uh, I, if you remember the thing back in the day with, uh, Dave Grohl, the probot project, uh, where he, every song had a different fucking lineup and it was, Mm -hmm. except for him, he was the only constant in everything. And that was the cool shit about it. And he would play like drums on a track or he'd play guitar on a track or he would, you know, uh, do like backing vocals and shit with like Ozzy or who the fuck ever, King Diamond. Yeah. And dude, that's totally cool because I think it leads to there is a bait, uh, no pun intended because you're the bass player, but there is a bass idea <laughs> and the sky's the limit for what each. EP slash album slash whatever single can be. Yeah. And dude, that's gotta be fucking rad to sit there and be like, Hey, you know, do you want to contribute to the next annihilator project? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it's, uh, it's fun, you know, because it's all fresh ideas. It's like, okay, you know, the guitar players are telling, well, what, you know, what are you shooting for? All right. You know, you know what? This last, uh, recording we did, we did this, 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 that. I, I want to totally, you know, do this, 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 that this time. All right, you know, so give them a, a game plan or whatever, and and then they uh, they go to, uh, you know, actually it's not even a day; it's one person. One guitarist is uh, he's the one that helped me out. So his name is uh, JD De La Rosa. Uh, he took over and and went to went to town writing. I mean, just. It was it was it was really cool watching him create stuff and sending it to me and I was like wow damn yeah you, you're getting my vision you know it's like so Jeez, yeah it's man, a totally man, different band this time around dude that's awesome to fucking hear dude hell yeah and uh, because you sit there and said before we started rolling about uh, uh, not really wanting to or being able to answer much. All I'm going to say is I recently went through something like you did where somebody had uh, laid claim to a name and had to go through the trademark deal and congratulations for that and standing up for your fucking stuff because fuck that shit and fucking dude, you've got the fucking the deal and that's awesome. Yeah. yeah it was it was tough, man. I mean, you know, I- and it's a lot of money. Because it's the fucking, the jerk off fucking government system, but it's the right, the quote, right thing to do. And dude, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It it was, uh, like I said, it it just, um, it was an interesting ride, man. I tell you that it it was not that this band is like, 
I can understand. It's funny because I think back of it. I said, people are probably saying, "Who the fuck is the? Who the fuck is this band anyway?" I mean, never even heard of them. And and you know, it's like you know, two Queens Rikes or two two Saxons or two whoever the band. You know, there's always a two two two, and um, it's just uh, 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 it wasn't because this band makes money, and it's not because oh, I'm gonna you know, I'm 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 making me as Annihilator, and I'm you know touring, which we don't tour. We just kind of go out here and there do a festivals or do this or that you know and it's not but that's cool though that's i'm older what, that's now and i work so that's where you're I'm not at, at to. i'm sorry what but that's where i mean honestly i think that's the allure of it yeah i mean a cool a cool like short tour would be awesome of course because that's just what yeah. it is but you got to think uh what is it uh doc brown you got to think fourth dimensionally man you know because <laughs> sometimes it can't fucking be a reality but the things that you can do like a fucking hell's heroes or a fucking frozen in time or steel and stone or big goddamn metal show keep or, it true in europe keep it or true something, in you know, europe like, and Yes, all of those fucking shows. I did the shameless plug for my show in there. That's what I did. Uh, uh, and Jason's show. Uh, so, yeah, I'm being a smart ass there. But anyway, yeah, I mean, but that's really where it is, I think, is, you know, because metal, I don't want to say it is, but it's not. It's kind of become like a niche thing where you have pockets of it, and it's cool because these people... Uh, like the Pacific Northwest scene is awesome. And then the, the fucking like the Texas metal that's going on right now is so fucking cool. There's a lot of cool Texas death out there. Fucking. And I just, that's what I love about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, the the whole fight about this name thing was just more about principle than it was about, you know, uh, any type of money that, this band is making or you know any type of fame this band has claimed to or anything like that it was like i came up with the name i spelt the name i you know i got the people to join the band that needed to join and then to turn around and have uh like two of the ex-members from the last recording and the original singer from the beginning Tell me that I'm I'm out of my band when, you know I I'm I'm I got the axe for my band when, you know this guy wasn't even on the last album singing. So how am I going to get the axe from him? And how am I going to get the axe from two people that I were the ones who brought into the band? So he wanted to you know he claimed that that was his name that was this and that this and that and well I just you know. Uh, had to do what I had to do. Just hired some lawyers, trademarked the name, and and you know what? It went and before uh, it went before a federal. Uh, the case was going to be presented before a federal judge, and uh, federal judge went my way. So, and here's the thing, and about that, that is why it is so important to have a way to show proper timeline of like uh you know making the the property of thing you know like the metal forge i had this i showed where i could do this and it was right here and i and bam there it was and that is really where it's at and so 
when you're in a band and you know that this is going somewhere and make sure you fucking, and you're in this for the long haul, make sure you document everything, you know? Mm, Yep. You know, that's where like, I appreciate what they used to have is in like the taper sections at shows because those people were documenting that stuff. And Mm -hmm. it, it was a, it was a thing where fucking, you know, it, it could be, you know, proven by the date and there it is. And that's rad shit, but dude, awesome shit. I want to go ahead and switch over to the derailed segment. This is five random questions about you as a person. Yeah, sure. Hell yeah, man. If your job had a show and tell, what would you be proud to show off? Uh, how well I cut steaks, I guess. <laughs> right on. That's cool. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I think that's a dude. I think but, uh, butchery is an artwork. It's fun. It's fun messing with all the the animal carcass and blood and you know all the meat carnage on the you know after you're done. So okay, it is okay, fun. okay, not the Slayer <laughs> aspect of it. That's cool on another level. <laughs> that's cool on another level. But no, like. Um, Doing like you know certain cuts with you know certain cuts of meat and and stuff like that. I I've always thought that that's a uh, you know a lost artwork that a lot a lot of people are you know they're doing it in factories in some places. You know when you get to you know whatever level and it's just like it's not the same, I guess. Yeah, it's not. It's not like the old days where they hung it on a hook, and I mean, and and you just went to town on the on the cow or whatever. You know, it's now it's sent in boxes. Certain parts are wrapped, and it's just you just cut it out with a bandsaw and put, you know, put it on some, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a tray and wrap it and stick it out on the shelf. You know, it's not as exciting and art artsy as it used to be. You know, from what I hear, like my the manager I have, uh, at, at, you know, at my store is like at my time we used to hang them in the hooks and you know, gut them and blah 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 blah. And you know, yep, yeah, it, it's it's it, I'm pretty sure back then it was, but I can't take too much credit for it because it's it's not as uh, uh, it's not a, to me it's not really an art form anymore like it used to be because it's just everything comes in boxes and you just you, you know just bust it out and slice it. <laughs> yep. I get that. So, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, Do you think a lot of inventors never made money off of their inventions because someone beat them to the copyright? Uh, I I can imagine there's... I'm pretty sure there was a lot of people who came up with some cool ideas and and, uh, just didn't didn't beat other people to the punch. I mean, or it got stolen from them showing somebody, you know... uh, I mean, there's all kinds of crooked people in this world. So if you were to show somebody, even friends, people who you think are your friends that you've known for 30, you know, 30 some years end up to be, you know, fucking Judas's and, you know, fucking snakes in the grass. So I found that out recently with all this shit going on. So, I mean, it could be somebody that you trust, you show this invention to and they turn around and do the same thing and take it and, and, and you know trademark it or whatever they need to do so i feel like yeah i feel like a lot of inventors have gotten ripped off like that 
for sure. I I do too. I mean, like just uh, with uh, Tesla alone, you know, with definitely think it a lot of times people and I know it happens in the fucking music industry all the time too especially in the early days of like commercialized music with like Elvis and fucking Little Richard and and shit like that where they were buying fucking B-side songs for fucking $5 from people and and basically you know the people would get money after the after they sold you know however many copies of singles or whatever, but, like, they were being shortchanged on the front end and and shit like that because... And, yeah, so I totally get it that way. And would you ever want to star in a film? Uh, yeah, that would be... That would be all right. That'd be cool. I mean, uh, who wouldn't want to be... I mean, that, that would be something to... Uh, you know, one for the books. I'm not saying it's on my bucket list. I've never really thought about it till, till you asked that. But yeah, I probably would, wouldn't mind, you know, doing a movie or something. That would be pretty, pretty cool. What would you want it to be about? Oh, uh, shit. I don't know. Good question. Uh, yeah. So if you, so you want to star in a film, I mean, is so what has it got to be about? I mean, dude, everything's been done in the world. I mean, there's every idea has been used up and then sure. reused the same idea in Hollywood. I mean, they're making all these remakes or remakes or remakes. It's, you know, pretty shitty how nobody's trying to put out, you know, original shit anymore. Right, and uh, you know, but I so think it's, there's I think there's a beauty behind some of the some of the uh, throwback sleaze like the Expendables and and Machete and shit like that. I think there's yeah, some yeah, kind of there's cool, some kind cool. of beauty behind it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's those are you know things, but when you're doing like 15 different Halloweens, oh yeah, that, know, yeah, that when the, that. the first. The first two were were good, left alone. You know, it's like uh, you know, fuck it. You don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. How many different fucking stories can you write? You know, right. It's like the first one was cool. Maybe the you know the follow up was eh, a little weak, but you know, it just but, you know it just but, stuff like but that. Bill Mosley, Bill Mosley in that though, and and Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so so everything's like I said. I don't. I wouldn't even know what to star in. I mean, it's like all these ideas are taken and I just, I, I wouldn't like to write the movie. I would just like somebody say, Hey, you want to be, you know, somebody running around with a machete or hey, <laughs> you want to, you, you want to be the, the guy on a building that's taking people out, you know, a sniper or hey, you want to be the funny, you want to be the funny guy in the van that's in, in this fake rock band that uh, is touring, you know, and ends up in, in a desert for a show and, ends up, you know, getting eaten by a fucking underground sand monster or some shit like Holy that. Holy fucking yeah. shit, you just wrote it. That is it right there. <laughs> I don't know. I think Tremors was, was has that underground thing in it, so I might yeah, get sued for that. Yeah, but it's so, like man. an underground... <laughs> Graboids. Graboids. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> Dude, Tremors uh, for the win. Fuck yes. How often do you order takeout? Uh, uh, I don't. I like to eat it. Usually I like to eat my food there at the place. Uh, I even don't like doing drive through sometimes unless the restaurant or the place, the fast food place is like really close because I hate fucking 
cold food or I hate food to be soggy or wet. You know, sometimes they put them in these uh, containers uh, where the yeah. heat makes them sweat and shit like that. And you get there and your bun's all fucking soggy or, you know, this or that. So I don't really do much takeout. Uh, it's usually I'll eat it there or I'll, I'll pick it up. Like I said, if if it's close enough. Sure. Yeah, uh, the ones I hate are the fucking the uh, like the the metal uh, tin bottom and the plastic fucking top, and they like squeeze together. Fuck that mm-hmm. shit. It makes that it makes everything terrible. It like makes your fries fucking soggy. It makes your fucking uh, like fucking rice fucking like it makes your rice suck and all that shit too. Oh yeah, I mean I just I just. I can't, I can't stand for it to be, you know, uh, that's why I, I don't, I mean, pizza, I, I guess if like the, the kids want pizza or something like that, uh, you know, that pizza's okay. I can always, you know, stick it in the oven and reheat it if it's that bad or, you know, it becomes too cold or whatever, but any other food, you know, you try sticking in the oven or the microwave or even a, a air fryer sometimes this doesn't, doesn't work. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah, uh, I'm I'm that guy, dude. Like, I really love the air fryer shit now. I mean, I I got one about two years ago, and other than the grill outside, it's almost exclusively what I've been using. Yep. Yeah, because- we got, we have one here at the house too, and it's like, uh, uh, I've gone crazy getting you know like a chicken legs and wings and stuff and just throwing them in there and just crisping them up and you know homemade potatoes uh, french fries throw them in there and uh, yeah that air fryer is, is like i think it gets worked it gets used more around in my household more than the stove does and maybe even the microwave you know it, that air fryer is the shit oh yeah dude and you can make some good fucking shit in there i'm thinking about doing a uh a metal forge cookbook actually we've talked about it jason and i have my uh uh broadcast partner uh we've talked about that shit about doing fucking like metal uh like metal tour meals and shit and fucking like how to fucking like eat on a budget and and shit like that hell yeah and fucking that's awesome metal fucking gourmet fucking like gourmet shit for on cheap (laughs) oh yeah how to survive how to survive on cheap hell yeah man uh dude thank you so fucking much for this this has been awesome i've had a fucking really awesome time but dude i have one more question but before we get into it as always links are listed below so please give a like a share and a follow go support in any way you can obviously uh you can find things on Bandcamp uh for the digital uh for the digital releases on um weird face productions uh that's still on there and oh okay uh i'm sure there's other places as well like i said i always leave links uh, but do you have any shout outs uh you want to give to anybody today alex uh just uh the people that you know uh didn't choose sides when this legal battle was going on the people that knew i mean if you like they say if you know you know you know uh what was going on with the band name and who you know who had the rights to it a shout out to uh my my new band the, the guys i'm using 
this time around, JD De La Rosa. Uh, shout out to him. Our, you know, the vocalist I'm using this time around, Tony Gomez. Shout out to him. Uh, those guys, uh, very talented, very talented. Uh, have multiple bands on their own. Uh, JD has a band with his wife called Hexea. Uh, his wife sings. He plays, you know, uh, guitar in that in that band. Uh, a JD also used to play in a uh, de- technical death metal band uh, here in Texas, out uh, down in the valley called uh, Severance. Uh, he did guitar for them. Uh, he's also now in a band out of Houston. Uh, it's like a, a grind band too uh, called PLF. So he's helping them out on on drums. He's he's you know on this on this recording he did the drum. He played drums on it and he did the fucking guitar. And wait till you hear it, man! It, it's it's fucking. I'm excited. Is phenomenal. I mean, I'm I'm like Jones and fucking hear some new shit. So. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout out to them. Shout out to Extreme Music for uh sticking by us and and uh Dave Rotten for, you know, having having faith in all this, you know. Uh, he didn't he could easily said, Oh, this is a soap opera going on, I'm I'm walking away, but he knew who the, the true annihilator was and you know, he can he we you know uh you know, we still have the record deal. He's still, you know, gonna push us like he did on the last the last release so yeah shout out to everybody all my friends uh all the fans out there that uh, have new and old that just you know thank you uh i hope you enjoy you know listening to to the music and and uh and thank you mark you know i really appreciate you having me on the, the podcast yeah, man. man i mean fuck dude it's like I love like all eras of fucking metal and especially thrash. I am, I love thrash from the beginning and it's like so much ingrained into me that it's like, I don't know. I, it's like, it's there. It's always been there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. I can't explain it. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yep. Yep. It's like that little There's bit. A- it's like, I'm like bail off for a little bit. You know, I do that little fucking, that little rage fucking thing. Rah! you know like turn into the hulk you know yeah well let me ask you a question what modern what like modern thrash band has gotten your attention made you sit up and you know sit up and say whoa that 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 for a, a band playing that style of music now uh what band has got your attention um that's mo- okay modern thrash if i would say um uh, I, if I were to say modern thrash major label would be somebody like Municipal Waste. Mm-hmm. Because everything that they do has been continuously fucking awesome. Yeah. The whole way through. Uh, more independent. Um, probably somebody like uh, like Toxic Ruin. Or okay. or Tantivy, and then those are both bands up in uh, Wisconsin, and they're pretty fucking awesome. Um, but then again, you know, there's fucking like I'm really starting to get into a lot more like Black and Thrash, and there's a band in Texas called Sadistic Force. Oh my fucking oh, yeah. god, love those fucking dudes, fucking, you know, and. I mean, it's all fucking cool, man. And that's what I love about... It's almost like the... 
the new age of tape trade is Bandcamp, and yeah. and it's cool because you can find out so many fucking awesome bands and metal archives. You know, I love the site and I contribute to it as much as I can, and I've always tout their flag. But dude, I have one last question. And everybody who knows, they always know. It's like I try to go beyond on these. Is um, how do you think in your lifetime that they will find living organisms in space? Mm, well, I, I don't know. In my lifetime, I don't think. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how long I got left to live because I'm pretty old right now. So I, I mean that would be a good question for somebody younger, but in my lifetime, I mean I'm I'm already fifty eight, so uh, I'm, I'm sure they might have already found it. They just they don't tell anybody. Sure, you know, you know, I, I, there's a lot of things that they hide. Government hides from. I'm not gonna be tell you I'm a conspiracy theorist or anything, but I just believe there's a lot of things that yeah have been have been cre- have been created to help. Like illnesses that they don't they don't want to put out because it's not it, it'll affect the money chain. Uh, I'm I'm sure they've already found stuff like like what you're saying that they just don't release it to the public. So yeah, I believe you know. And I guess you could say yeah. I guess in my lifetime they will, or they have already. You know. Sure, I totally get that, man. And I think there's been things that happened. Uh, there was a there's an episode that I was talking with somebody about, and where we were saying like, you know, the the crazy thing about uh, dinosaurs and humans never living at the same time, but the the uh, dinosaurs were wiped out by a meteorite. How do we know that human life didn't come from the meteorite? true like we were I had to come from somewhere yeah we were alien at some point (laughs) so fucking mad shit dude uh alex thank you so fucking much for being on the metal forge this week this has been fucking awesome so fucking rad to talk to you fucking dude off of rise to supremacy what do you want to play uh let's do uh you know what let's do Thick skin. Hell yeah, dude. You heard him. This is thick skinned. Yeah.
Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts.
Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine, an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com bigcartel.com What's up Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast. If you have ghosts, you have everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. 
business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana, is the premier 12,500-square-foot music superstore that has served both Southern Indiana and Louisville, Kentucky metro area for over four decades. Originally founded by Marvin and Beverly Maxwell in the 70s, this gym remains a Maxwell family-owned business. Mark Maxwell, along with his business partner, Whitney McNichol, continued the reputation as being the national resource for all things music. In 2022, the iconic Guitar Emporium of Louisville relocated to Maxwell's Music, creating the largest independently owned showroom in the region. The retail offerings at Maxwell's Music includes a huge selection of guitars, basses, amplifiers, effects pedals, modeling amps, keyboards, drums, banjos, mandolins, ukuleles, sound systems, stage lighting equipment, and accessories. The music education program at Maxwell's is second to none. From private instrument and voice lessons to DJ, EDM, recording, songwriting, and music theory, to Rock School, Weekend Warriors, and Maxwell's Music Lab, there is something for every age and every ability level. Down in repair land, guitar and instrument repairs and refurbishment are taken care of by the Maxwell's team of expert guitar technicians and luthiers. They also do appraisals of instruments as well. Maxwell's offers installations for professional audio, visual, and lighting systems for schools, churches, clubs, VFWs, funeral homes, sports fields, and so much more. There's also rentable space at Maxwell's, from the music practice and rehearsal rooms for the individuals and bands, all the way to a meeting space and concert venue that seats up to 120. That also includes a professional audio, visual, and lighting system and a sound booth. Maxwell's has it all. All this plus original functioning 1947 recording booth to make your own record. Go to the Guitar Hero Throne, to the very own Elvis statue, and don't forget the Harmony Green Pocket Park. There's a reason the Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana has been recognized by the National Association of Music Merchants as a number one award-winning best store design, as well as top 100 music store year after year. You gotta see it to believe it. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana. (laughs) 